jump in the yep. Boom. All right. You ready? ready? Yep. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Witkowski, joined as always by my co-host, best friend, and recent birthday boy, Nick Veronica. Nick, happy birthday, my man. How are you doing? Probably just as suppressed as I am, is what I'm assuming. Uh, thank you for that. Um, it, it's getting better. Honestly, I, I was almost not even, quote-unquote, depressed or even sad the way that Bills game ended. I was more just amazed. Like I'm try- Maybe that's like defense against the sadness that we know all too well is just taking on some other emotion. I'm choosing to be amazed at what a ridiculous play Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins teamed up for. So that's kind of how I'm thinking of it. And it's my birthday week. Don't ruin my vibe, Charlie. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> well, you know, I, I got a text from my cousin um, Sunday night after the game saying, saying that my little cousin is taking this loss really hard. He's just starting to really get into being a Bills fan. Mm. He's about nine, nine or ten years old or so. So he's just really, you know, really just getting in the thick of it. And every loss this year he's taken pretty hard, but he, he doesn't understand that, you know, miracles happen in football, but those football miracles just don't happen for the Buffalo Bills. And eventually he'll realize that as he grows up and, you know, maybe goes through a table or two in his lifetime and whatever it might be. But he, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that he is starting to embrace this as, as being a Bills fan. I'm happy that he's getting into it. Um, and he picked a good time because no matter what, even with that with that loss on Sunday, the Buffalo Bills are still a good team. They're still in first place in the AFC East, third place in the AFC. They're in a good position right now with a good portion of it, their back end schedule coming up. Um, so I, I, I think they're they're okay. Like just everyone just relax. It was like we said earlier this year, it was one game. Let's not get ourselves all bent out of shape right now. Um, you know. We'll have to see what happens. But with all that said, I will say this. We'll find out what type of team this Bills team really is. Come, obviously not next week because there's a bye week, two weeks when they play the Chargers. How do they respond from this? How do they respond from this loss that at the end of the day, you know, I don't think they had any right really winning this game the way the third and fourth quarter went anyway. But we'll see how they respond and, and and you can either respond and come out and be hungry and be pissed off for the rest of the year, or you can come out and you can just be why us, why did that happened to us? What are we going to do about this and mope and gripe the rest of the year? And you'll see, you'll see what type of team they are. And, 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 you know, McDermott said this week, they've changed the culture there for the better. This is where we'll really see how they've changed the culture. Yep. So going into the bye week, they're seven and three. And I think if you would have just if I would have told you that in our preseason show, you you would have signed up for that immediately. They that's the good news. Like seven and three is amazing. Should win in the, in the should win the division. Um, those are the positives. The negatives so far, I think we can say are some some really bad letdowns, some stretches of just just bad play that kind of let teams back in the games, which is exactly what we saw against Carolina, which we're, or I'm sorry, against Arizona. We're going to talk about that. Um, and then we can also talk about Miami is like low key on, on the bills tail. If, if they beat Denver this week while the bills are off, they'll be tied 
tied for the AFC East lead, which is not uh, a very comfortable position and definitely not something Bills fans would have seen coming. But we will get there. We're going to go through the, the loss to the Cardinals. Um, I want to talk about – I know everybody wants to talk about the last play. I can't – I have more to say about it. We're going to get there in the middle of the show. Right now, we're going to start talking about the blown lead and how the game got there in the first place. Then we're going to talk about the last play. Then the last couple of minutes, we're going to talk about the NHL's reverse retro jerseys, some of which are extremely sick, some of which are extremely, extremely lame. Some of them make you want to be sick. (laughs) Some of them look like practice jerseys, and some of them I want them to take my money now. So uh, it's an interesting mix there. But so let's talk here. Third quarter. Bills are are going down. They score a touchdown, but then and the, the fumble happened first in the third quarter before the touchdown. Oh, okay. I I just I was going to skip right to that, but okay, go no, ahead. I mean, I don't forget that that was the the defense forced a big turnover there, and I think everyone kind of had the notion like, okay, third quarter, the defense just doesn't show up in the third quarter. Hmm. Here we go. Like, all right, like let let's go, let's go. Buffalo's going to start pulling away right now, and then you get to the Cole Beasley, you get to the touchdown. Buffalo looks like they're up a lot, and yeah. So it's the Bills recover the fumble, take over on the on Arizona's thirty-seven. Three plays, touchdown to Cole Beasley. That makes the score Buffalo twenty-three, Arizona nine. You are feeling good about this, all right? Fourteen-point lead might not sound like a lot because the last two decades we're used to teams regularly leading the Bills by fourteen. Fourteen, you should not lose with a fourteen-point lead. Okay, the Bills. There are only 10 games in Bill's history in which they blew a bigger lead than this game. Okay. Like this, this is, this was, this was a letdown. This was, this was, uh, I think your buddy from your Falcons fan buddy who told you that, that they blew it. If you want to say that the bills blew the game, it, they didn't blow it because of the last play. They didn't choke on the last play. They choked yeah. this third quarter lead away. You know, but they, the, the worst part about the whole thing, Nick, right? Not the fact that they even blew the 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 lead in the third quarter. It was that they were up by 14 with six minutes left of the third quarter. More than half of the third quarter was already over. It was, okay, hey, we're getting out of the third quarter. Yeah. What even led them there to not being able to put the game away is what we've been saying all year was settling for field goals and not touchdowns. That last drive at half where, you know, tip of the hat to uh, to Tyler Bass – he he he's he's finally looks at least this week looked a little bit comfortable, um, but at the same time, that last drive, you need to take a shot at the end zone at some point there, because you could you could have really put that game away. You get a touchdown there, you get a fumble to start the third quarter, and you get another touchdown right away. You're in the driver's seat at that point, but and and the the, the last play that everyone wants to talk about never happens. But they have – this Bills team has – and I wouldn't say this Bills team. I would say the Bills teams of pass under McDermott and Dable have consistently settled for field goals and not tried to just put their foot on the throat of their opponents week in, week out, year after year. And we're seeing it a lot this year where they could put games away, but they it, it seems like Dable knows, okay, hey, let's get points here. Maybe I don't want to take a shot to the end zone. 
Maybe I don't want to try to go up more. Let's just be conservative and get three and get out. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's it just seemed in this game particular in particular, as soon as they they took that lead, like immediately the defense couldn't stop the Cardinals for a little bit, and the offense. I, I, it's, it's frustrating. It's usually the third quarter in general has been bad for the bills, but it's, they are, they're carving the opponent apart one drive. And then the next drive, it's like, they forget how to play football for, for 15 minutes. So after the bills go up their next, their next, here's their next four possessions. All right. Next five possessions, three plays punt, Josh Allen interception, six plays punt, four plays punt, one play interception. That killed, killed the game, or killed killed their lead. The Cardinals at that same exact time are going touchdown, field goal, touchdown, and then somehow interception. Like the Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Fame receiver, incredible hands, a couldn't hold on to one. Like that would have been insane if that like that is what got the cut the Bills in the game is Larry Fitzgerald's hands letting him down. Like that was unbelievable. The Bills did. Uh, sort of take advantage off of that, but that, like that—that that was the break that they needed. And then after that, the defense finally clamped down and forced some some three and outs to get the ball back. But it's just it, the offense just went away, and it was frustrating. And it's it's more frustrating because it keeps happening. It does, and it seems like the offense is just disappearing. The defense is, is this defense can't stop the run this year. Mm-mm. And when you're playing a team like the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, you have to find a way to stop the run. You know, as much as people want to sit there and they want to say that the Bills lost this game because of that last play, fine. Say what you want. They lost this game because of 400-some-odd yards on, on, on defense that they gave up, 200-something yards rushing, 250 yards passing. You can't do that. Week in and week out, this the the Bills defense used to be the 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 lifeblood of this team, and now they're what is hurting this team. I get it. The first half, the defense played very well. The defense did what they need to do. They held um, the Cardinals to, to, to three field goals. Great, you know the defense did their part, and offense was doing their part for the most part. They were they got points. They got a touchdown. They got a few points. They were up. But it seems like even with the lead, as much as you say that the defense or the offense kind of disappears, the defense gets the lead, and it's almost like they're they don't know what to do. They 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 play like a team that doesn't know how to play with a lead at this point on both sides of the ball. And again, you can go on and on and on about that last play. That last play is not why they lost this game, folks. That that has nothing to do with it. You know, the blown fourteen point lead, like Nick said there in the third quarter. That has to do with it. The 400-plus yards of offense, that has to do with it. Nick, the 12-yard punt. Oh, my gosh. Yards. Who pushed the ball for 12 yards anymore? 12. 12. 12. 12 yards. My wife is going to get so mad at me because I'm yelling right now, and she's trying 12. to watch her shows. 12 yards. 12. All right. Ooh. Have you ever seen the movie Almost Famous? Uh, No. It's a classic. You should see it. That there's a, all right. Well, you're you're gonna miss the reference. There's a scene where the kid finds out he's his mom lied to him when he's actually only 11 years old, and he's 11, 11, 
And he'd like, <laughs> that's what I, I was like, 12? Are you kidding me? Like a 12 yard punt. And, 12 uh, yards. Yeah. I think Brian Mormon had a 19 yard punt one time, but that, that was, that was because uh, Marone sent him out to punt from the jets, 32 yard line. So that was a 19 yard. Like a real 12 yard in a dome, in a dome, a 12 yeah, yard like, punt like in a dome that, stadium. That's an unbelievable shank. Like I covered, I remember I covered a high school football game one time, and the punter shanked one so bad it didn't get back to the line of scrimmage. But I, like most people don't even know this, if you punt and it doesn't get back to the line of scrimmage, you can advance that like a like a fumble basically. So everybody's running off the field, and the coach is going losing his mind, telling the guy to pick it up, and the guy picks it up, and he just runs fifty yards in the end zone because the other team like was running running off the field. So like. 12 yards. And 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 again, kudos to the defense. They held them for three there. They didn't get a touchdown out of it. Great. But you know what? You take those three points off the board. You make them have to drive 80-something yards down the field. Maybe that field goal doesn't happen. Maybe the defense holds them to a three and out. There's points off the board that you don't have to worry about at yeah, the maybe, end of maybe the there's, game. There's not four seconds left for a Hail Mary. Exactly. But no. Bohorquez has come out and he's been good this year. So I feel like I can't. Yeah. He yeah, just can't. He had, like he last year was ball. bad. And this year he's been doing a lot better. He can't hold the ball. He has issues holding the ball, which we've noticed, which again, it seems like he's gotten better with that. But that 12 yard mm-hmm. punt killed him. The 12 yard punt killed him. And as good as Josh Allen played in the fourth quarter or on the final drive, I will give Josh Allen, still got to give him kudos, man. He had three total touchdowns, one receiving, two passing. Um, Josh Allen did what Josh Allen had to do, but there were times in that game where Josh Allen reverted back to old Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. You know, and, chucking and the one up at yep. Singletary, um, who who we'll get into this a little bit here later. Possibly, I'm done with Singletary. I'm ready to just make it the Zach Moss show, and that's it. Uh, I noticed you, you didn't accept my Zach Moss trade. No, I. Dude, at this point, I'm out of fantasy. Like, I don't want to trade you anything at this point. Oh I, I, man, reneged on the deal. I need, to, I need to, I need to keep my draft picks for next season. Oh, uh, texted I me mid game. I'll trade you Zach Moss for a third round draft pick, and I was nice to you. I said, "This is why Moss having a good game." I texted you and said, "If you still want this tomorrow, then I'll do it." And you said, "Okay." Well, what people don't understand here is that my running backs. I literally have one starting running back. My other running back is uh, Joshua Kelly from the Chargers who doesn't touch the ball often anymore. So that that is why I was rushing to make a trade before someone else offered you the tr- similar trade. But with all that said, I'm done with Singletary. On top of that, you Hold had... Here, here, here's your text. If yes, you still I, want this trade tomorrow, I will do it. You said, LOL, okay, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you didn't. You never. You never said. Do you still want the trade? I never oh got a text back. Gosh. from you. I may have still bid on it. Then you. You don't know. <sighs> you don't know. But I'm done with Singletary, man. I. I I'm. I'm kind of. He dropped a, a huge screen pass that he had blocked in front of him early in the game that could have went for at least seven. Um. You know, may, maybe seven. I should say not at least. Uh. Maybe seven. He. He did have a good screen later on in the game, and Zach Moss got it. Or the. Uh, uh, Dawson Knox got a terrible block in the back penalty, which is another issue. I'm yeah, also done. That was, with that was the, the offsetting penalty. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm done that, with Dawson. That was Knox. a free play. Yes. 
Him, him and Zach Moss can just, or him and Devin Singletary can just ride the pine together for the rest of the year. I'm done with Devin <laughs> with 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 uh, with Singletary. with Knox. Yeah. Singletary and Knox. I'm done with them. Um, Tyler Croft hopefully will come back. Hopefully COVID free. Have him come back and let him be your number one tight end. I like him a lot better. He could catch the ball a lot better. Knox has just been a huge letdown this year. But that penalty is another issue why they lost the game. Because the next play, what happened? Josh Allen throws an interception. That that interception doesn't happen if Knox doesn't take that stupid penalty and Josh Allen is trying to throw the ball 20-something yards to get a first down as opposed to maybe handing the ball off or a quick little short pass for five or six yards because you have a first down on the opposite side of midfield inside your opponent's territory. Yep. So I thought both both of his interceptions, those were bad interceptions. The one he just seemed like he didn't see the defender at all. And then the second one he was he was behind his receiver a little bit in the corner. Corner made a real nice play. I think it was Kirkpatrick to step up and pick it off. But yeah, those those were some old school Josh Allen mistakes. Those were not uh you know, taking a deep bomb and and you know, my guy didn't didn't win the battle. That was that was mistake twice in a row in bad bad spots well the second interception i thought more more so i the the first one it looked like he had dawson knox open coming across the middle it was just a good read by patrick peterson to break off his man uh to see where the ball was going and break off his man to, to dawson knox that's a play that they they've had success on uh other games this season unfortunately it was just an underthrown ball he was trying to throw that ball over over and, and, and at least get it to Dawson Knox on a jump ball or something. But he underthrew the ball. Good job by Patrick Peterson for realizing it uh, and picking up picking up an interception. He Patrick Peterson should have three interceptions this game. Yeah. Um, and then the Kirkpatrick pass, if you, if you watch it, Davis is open coming across the middle. Josh just finds him a millisecond too late. And that millisecond is what led to that. Yeah, that's the, he was still would have had to turn to get it behind him. I think like if, if that throws out in front of him, it's probably completion. I think so. I, I just don't think it's intercepted if he throws it a second earlier. Yeah. You know, I think if you get, if he got rid of that ball a second earlier, maybe it's dropped. Maybe it's, it's, it's knocked out of his hands. I don't think it gets picked off because in that second, Kirkpatrick did a very, really good job of gaining some ground on, on Davis who was running out of room, running to the sideline whereas Kirkpatrick was still able to run and catch up to Davis at that point and, and, and made a good play. All right. Also, credit where it's due on Josh Allen's receiving touchdown, which was awesome. I got to credit Deion Dawkins. If you go back and watch that, Dawkins gets his initial block at the like at the line of scrimmage, gets up off the ground, runs downfield, makes another block on, on, uh, on Baker to spring Josh Allen. That was – it was a cool play. McKenzie was the scout team quarterback this week for Kyler Murray. He gets to throw a pass in the game. That part's cool. Josh Allen has a receiving touchdown, just like last year's playoff game. That was cool. Deion Dawkins made that play. Got to give him a shout out. Yeah, man, I thought that was awesome. Deion Dawkins, I thought, has had, had a pretty good year. Obviously, he's had a few few ups and downs each game, but I thought all think all in all, he's had had a had a good year to look forward to, and and maybe even a Pro Bowl year. We'll see what happens. You know, with the voting that just opened today. Bills fans go vote. Um, so, so you know, we'll see what happens with with him. Maybe he he, he gets in. Um, the one thing I found interesting in this game that we haven't mentioned, Mitch Morse. It was a healthy scratch. Or I'm sorry, yeah, not a healthy well, scratch. Basically, Coach, yeah. Right, he didn't play. He was dressed, didn't play. 
when Sean McDermott was asked about it, his response was it was a coach's decision. And then when, when he was asked again about it, you know, will he be your starting center going forward? You know, I think the exact question was, I want to make sure I understand you correctly. Mitch Morris was not benched yesterday. You just chose not to play him. And he said, our offensive line will more or less be a, a week to week decision. Right. I don't which know means, which, well, which means, and McDermott didn't come out and directly say these direct words, but that means Mitch Morris has lost his starting job. Which I don't get. I think Feliciano is a much bigger asset to you um, at guard than what he is at center. I don't think having Mitch Morris as a start as 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 a backup center for the mo- a the money you're paying him, and then Feliciano, whose main position, number one position, is guard. Why are you going to move him to center when you have a very capable number one center who any team would take at this point one yeah, of the best I gotta, I gotta wonder though like Mitch Morris has concussion history coming off a concussion I, I wonder if something is just still off there just I don't I don't know it's like coming back from the injury and then being active but not playing something's why like why would you trust the guy if he wasn't gonna play like it doesn't something doesn't add up there I thought maybe one thing I could think of that they may have dressed him strictly just for death purposes in case they needed him just in case someone went down because they are thin on the offensive line. So if they needed someone to come in and step in, obviously they could say, okay, Mitch, you cleared concussion protocol. You're in the game. Great. Um, But at the same time, you needed to have someone there to, uh, uh, you know, be, 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 be the backup and, it was Mitch Mitch's turn, I guess. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. But um, so Nick, I, th- I think we we need to get into it at this point. Yeah, we put it off for long enough. Interview. Let's go. The, the, let's let's cover the last two drives. Let's cover Josh Allen's last drive. I want your thoughts on that last drive, and then we'll get the, into the touchdown drive. Yeah, yeah the the touchdown right. off to um, Diggs. All right. What an incredible catch by Stefan Diggs. And because he was able to make the catch, you say, what an incredible throw by Josh Allen to put it where his receiver could get it. I think if you have, you know, 197 of the league's 200 best receivers going for that ball, they are not going to catch it. And then you say, oh, Josh missed. Mm -hmm. So it's so tough. Like it, it didn't. I don't know. Like, do you give Allen credit for that? Like, yeah, he made the play. Like, I think Diggs gets, in, in my opinion, like 80-20 of the credit. Like, that's an unbelievable – not only the route against a good corner, shook him, got open by, like, a hair, and Josh did put it there. But just what an incredible catch by – like, that was a game-winning worthy catch by Diggs. The catch was great. I thought the throw was great. Josh had guys in his face and he had to make the throw. And there was mm-hmm. one place that he could put it. It's like a shot in hockey, right? Nick, when you're coming down, you know, uh, on, on a breakaway and, and, and the goalies got the whole net covered, you have one spot where you could put that puck, right? Mm-hmm. Josh Allen put that ball in the one spot where he could put that ball, where he knew his receiver was going to make the catch. Yeah. All right. I so if, if, if I would Brown... necessarily go 80 20. If John Brown's running that route and doesn't catch the ball, 
are you saying Josh missed? Or are you just saying that's football? You just take a shot? Like, like you're not saying what an incredible throw by Josh. You're saying, oh, he took a shot. It was close. It just didn't work out. You know, if if you watch the way the play broke down, right, and you watch all the components in the play there, you watch the little bit of separation that Diggs had, and you watch where that ball ended up, right, obviously in Diggs' hands. Obviously, he had to make a dive for it. But you look at the little bit of room that Josh had to put that ball. He could have put it another foot to the left, and then you could have said, yeah, he missed. He could have put it a foot behind Diggs, and then you could say, yeah, he missed. It probably would have been an interception. Josh Allen had a, had a, had a tiny window to put that ball somewhere and make his receiver make the catch. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what quarterbacks do nowadays. That That's what this league is. And and you hear it so much from about number one receivers. Your mm-hmm. quarterback needs to just be able to put the ball somewhere where his receiver can go and make a catch. That's what Josh did. Josh said, I'm putting the ball here. You're the best receiver in the league. Go make go make your play. Josh gave Stefan Diggs the chance to say to, to to or Josh told him, you know, that hypothetically. Here, make make your play. There you go. All right, Charlie, you're you're making me sad again because you all of these words are correct, but you can't say them without thinking about the play that happened two minutes after this one. So Kyler, Kyler Murray said, I have an even better receiver. I'm just gonna put the ball near you. Go make a play. Mm-hmm. Kyle, right. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray did exactly what. I, same thing. I'm gonna put the ball up, and I'm gonna let my best player on my team go and make the catch. The worst part about all of this, right? Yes, I get it. The Bills lost on the play. Fine. The Stephon Diggs catch completely gets forgotten about. You know, I avoided watching Good Morning Football on Monday. I avoided watching Sunday Night Football. I avoided watching Monday Night Football this week, Sports Center, all of that, because I didn't want to see the catch again and again and again. I had to see it enough on Twitter. You retweeted at one point. I was like, right, I'll block you for the day. But at the, at, if you notice from watching the highlights and hearing everyone talking about it, no one's talking about the great catch Stephon Diggs made because that catch got erased by the great catch that, that Hopkins made. No, Nick, I don't know about you, but I got a lot of texts after the game from people mm-hmm. saying, um, you know, that just can't happen. What happened? That is that is uncalled for. Well, sure, if- but they had they had Tredavious White and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer triple cover. Like what what more did you want them to do? Obviously you want them to make the play. What more could they have done than put three of their best guys on him? So McDermott said it best this week, and, and, and not to quote him because I'm not a big fan of his his uh, interviews each week, but I thought he said it pretty good without really saying it. If you really go and watch the replay and you watch Jadavius White on the play, Jadavius White's going up for the interception. What is the one thing you always hear when you're watching football games and there's a Hail Mary? Bat it down, right? You hear it all the time. Bat it down, bat it down, bat it down. Tredavious White should have just went up and tried to bat the ball down instead of trying to make the interception. If you How watch, are you going to bat the ball down if you don't have your arms up? Watch the replay some more, Nick, because Tredavious White's hand was in there. Tredavious White's hand was right there. With that said, if you there, there's a great picture on Twitter, which I'll, I'll, I'll tweet out when we 
put this podcast up on Twitter. There's a great picture up of Jordan Poyer when he's when he's coming in to make the play. He bumps Jadavius White just a little bit. So it looks like Jadavius White is kind of knocked maybe about an inch, maybe two off the ball. Whereas if he's not knocked those two inches, he may be able to come down with the ball, right? And if you watch the replay in slow motion, you can see Jadavius White come down. And as he comes down, I wish you guys could see this right now because I'm trying to show Nick with my hands over the camera and it <laughs> doesn't do the same same effect. But as Jadavius White's coming down, you could see him almost like reach to try to grab the ball away like his plan was to go down and fight with Hopkins for the ball coming down. The main thing is, again, great catch, great play. Nothing you can do about it, right? Like it was defended well. The ball was just put in a spot for the receiver to go and make the catch. And Tredavious White just should have tried to bat the ball down instead of um, trying to go for the interception. That's all I have to say about it. It sucks. It hurts. I've seen this play multiple times while trying to fall asleep, replay in my head. Um, you know, I, 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 so, so because I'm delayed where I am, I, I kind of get delayed cause I have YouTube TV out here. So, um, so I get, get the games a little bit delayed or I'm watching on the Sunday ticket. So it's a little bit delayed. So sometimes I'm following on Twitter, especially in a close game. Cause I'm like, I need to brace myself for what's going to happen. <laughs> and I'm going through Twitter and all I start seeing is, OMG, OMG, OMG. And then I'm like, okay, something big just happened. And I look again and I I scroll one more down and someone goes, this can't be real life. OMG, my heart is broken. And I'm like, what just happened? And I look up and I see the catch and my wife was in the room with me. And I just like, I froze. She goes, what happened? I go, they, they, they 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 lost just like that i didn't even know what i didn't know what to say i wasn't i wasn't mad i'm not mad that they lost this game i'm not depressed that they lost the game just depressed that they lost the way that they lost (laughs) all right so here's my take on it on the on the defensive positioning if i get the point of, of knock it down i don't know if a guy's jumping up to catch the ball and wasn't tall enough to catch it. I don't know how you're going to say his arm was tall enough to knock it down if he wasn't tall enough to catch it. Like he's he's full extension. So yeah, you should try knock. But like I don't know, I don't know how he gets taller. But what I think, if you really want, are looking for something to criticize the defense on, is that Hopkins is down there. He's taller than everyone else. The ball's coming, and they let Hopkins have a free jump basically. So if you think in basketball, you box people out, you get, you know, you get, you know, their, their knees are bent. You kind of squat down over them. You impede their jump. You step on their toes, whatever you got to do. You don't let the guy get a clean jump. And you got three guys there and they're all looking to go for the ball, which that'd be my natural instinct too. No one boxed out Hopkins or whatever. And I know that like they're going to call pass interference on basically anything. If it helps the offense, it seems like, so I get it, but the tallest guy down there, you know, he's taller than you. He can probably jump higher than you. And you don't, you like letting him have the jump is seems, seems to be in hindsight an issue here, because if you 
Like you, you don't need a perfect jump for yourself. Like you need to just, just throw the other guy off when you're on defense. So if you, if you impede him in some non penalty way, mm-hmm. I think that, and, and I mean, this is easy to say, like, you know, having watched this a hundred times, like in the moment, are you going to think of that? No, you're probably just thinking, Hey, there's a ball. I know how to catch a ball. Like just knock it down something win the game. Like, Maybe the next time you find the biggest guy that's going to, and you just kind of get up in his grill, and you don't you don't grab him, but you just kind of box him out. Don't let him get a good jump. If the ball hits off your hands and falls down, nothing bad. Like that's fine. You made a good play. Like don't let the other guy make his best play. So let me ask you this question, Nick, because we we see it all the time. If Tre'Davious White or Hyde or Poyer, any of them, were battling with Hopkins, right? And Hopkins doesn't make the catch. And Hopkins calls for a pass interference, which he seems to do on every play, by the way. Um, <laughs> does, in that moment, from what we've seen from the officiating this season, does Hopkins get that call? Or does the ref say, no, you guys are battling no call? Because I'll tell you what. From what I've seen from the officiating in this league this season and seasons past, that call is going as a pass interference against the defense. One second left on the one yard line. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a real concern. But I think generally they do seem to let more things go on hail mary plays, at least in past years. I think the the thing that they're looking for is arm contact. So if you are grabbing or holding, or if you stiff arm a guy to shove him that gets a call. If you kind of box out and squat down and kind of put your butt into a guy and move him a little bit, I feel mm-hmm. like that is way less likely to be called. And that may be so. I mean, you you, you could absolutely be right here. I mean, we, we see it so much every week, right? What we think is not a penalty is a penalty. What we think should be a penalty is not a penalty. You know, too much inconsistency on the officiating. And I know that's not going through their heads at the time either. Like, oh, I can't do this because I'm going to get called. They're just thinking, get the ball out, you know, something. Um, even before that, you want to go back to something that that pass should never happen. Mario Addison should have made the sack. He was right there, yeah. And I don't like we talked about how shifty Kyler Murray is. Like, I thought Addison was just going to sack him, and then he was gone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> truthfully, if I was Addison, I wouldn't. And again, you're not thinking of it at that time. I wouldn't have bit on the juke. I would have forced him. Make the move. Sure, you want to juke me? Go ahead. If he has the open field and he wants to run 20 yards, go right ahead. Drain the clock down because by the time he gets down there and he gets his offensive line down there, there's a good chance that he's not going to have time to clock the ball and have another play. That that There's your last play right there. But, you know, again, you don't think about that in those moments. But you, you going back and watching it, maybe you just let him try to make the move and see what he does. He's not going to. The, the the play if from what I have heard from the Arizona reporters and and everything I've seen on the Cardinals Twitter pages, that play was designed to go um, as a, as a something over the middle to I believe it was either Isabella or one of the one of their other receivers or Christian Kirk, um, but the coach in Arizona told Murray, if you have Hopkins in the end zone, put it up for him. And he did. I mean, that. it was it was a hundred percent a broken play. Like that was not right. the intended play. And you, even uh, Kyler Murray tweeted after the game uh, something like, "Like 
shit, I knew Hopkins was down there somewhere. And like, he was just literally throwing up a prayer and it just right. happened to work. It did, man. And also, I mean, the, the Bills were probably not even in their true Hail Mary prevent defense. They were guarding a regular, like, I don't know if they put some a taller guy in if it's a real play. Like, I don't think they were really expecting that. It was a broken play that turned into to that. At the end of the day, it was a great catch. Buffalo played it the best they could. I'm not disappointed with the way they played that. The only thing that I had to say, like I've said, knock it down. I felt like they were just trying to go for the interception, which is whatever. But you have $70 million worth of defensive backs back there guarding one receiver, and $70 million worth of defensive backs couldn't knock that ball down. That's yeah, my only they, they can't grow any taller. I don't know. I don't know. But right. with the Bills losing that yep. game, Miami is now on their heels, Nick. Yeah, so they're half a game back with Denver. They should they should kill Denver. So two tier I have two questions for you. One, is Miami for real? With two, yes. I I haven't been I have you watched the Miami games at all? I think I think their defense has been good all season. I think with Tua they have enough offensive firepower to win games that their defense keeps them in. Basically how the Bills were Maybe the year they the, the year they ended the playoff drought, they were like good defense and like maybe can they get enough offense to win the game? I know Tua has thrown no interceptions this year so far. He sent out a tweet today or said to the media today that he thought the NFL was going to be harder. <laughs> I did not see that. Yes. Oh my gosh! I hope we'll he gets sacked like seven times now. I'm sure a defensive tackle is going to say, "Yeah, well, hey man, welcome to the NFL." Shout out to your um, dog, Toby. I told him he was invited to the podcast, and we hear him right now. Shout yeah, man, out, Toby. He's, he's saying go Bills. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, I haven't been impressed with Tua. I haven't seen anything great from Tua. I think Tua has been um, has been okay, but nothing, nothing great. He hasn't thrown any interceptions, but he's just barely thrown for 200 yards. Barely thrown for 100 yards in two games. So, yeah. All right. What's question two? Question two is Do you think the Bills can still win the AFC East? They had better. I think they're the favorites to win the division. I think it would be a colossal disappointment if the Buffalo Bills get passed by the Miami Dolphins for the division. And we're saying, by the way, we should just to be fair. The Bills are only half a game ahead in the standings. They they have a game up on Miami already in the head-to-head, and they are 4-0 in the division. So if if all if the Bills lose to Miami in Week 17 and they tie on the same record, they will be tied on head-to-head 1-1, and the, the next tiebreaker for a division is the division record. Right now Miami is 1-2 in the division, and the Bills are 4-0 in the, in the division. So that is favorable for the Bills. But, man, if they don't win that, if they if the Patriots have the down year and the Bills still cannot win the division, that will be a massive, massive letdown. It looks a lot harder now that Miami is, like, actually a threat and they can't kind of coast to it. But, yes, they had darn well better win the division. So outside of, I, I think, the Pittsburgh game, I'm still counting the Pittsburgh game for Buffalo as a loss at this point. 
that would put them at 12 and four. I still think they're an 11 win team this year. Do you think Miami wins 11 or more games? No, I don't like it. it, Like the bills would have to drop a couple. I think, I think the bills should still win that, but like, I mean, I literally just said, even if they lose to Miami, they can still have the tiebreaker. I'm hoping it's locked up before week 17. I want the bills to pull Josh Allen halftime in that game and just kind of put it on cruise. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, my, my my friends in Atlanta, so I know I talk about my Atlanta friends a lot. They give me a lot of flack every week about the Bills. You know, more so on losses. More so this week, I think, more than any other loss. And they try to tell me the Bills aren't a good team. I tell them they can't really talk much because they're Falcons fans. But he told me that the Bills, that this is how crazy our conversations are, Nick. He says that the Bills will not make the playoffs, that the Bills will not win another game the rest of the will year. Will not make the playoffs? They're the seven and three. He says the Bills will not make the playoffs. Miami's gonna win the AFC East to make the playoffs. Um he then he then I said Buffalo I said exactly what you said. Buffalo seven and three. What do you mean? He his response is, well, maybe they'll make the playoffs, but Miami's gonna win the AFC East by a lot. Buffalo might squeak in as a wild card team. I said, okay. I mean, if Ask he feels that way, I'll I'll bet him right now and take his money. I, well, here, you want to bet him on this? I asked him for his NFC teams, okay? He has New Orleans winning the division. He thinks that the Falcons are going to win out the year and finish second in the division and make the playoffs. And then All right, the- hold, hold on. I don't, I don't think we should give this guy any more airtime. <laughs> this is what I have to deal with. I, I want those takes should stay, should stay away. We are uh, – this is what I have to deal with every yeah. weekend. Loss. So, Bills, don't lose any more games because I can't deal with <laughs> my mental capacity. I mean, the Bills' schedule is not that hard. They have they have Denver. They have the Patriots again. They have the Chargers. Like, they, there's some some wins in there. The one game that really worries me that I feel like everyone's kind of overlooking is the Chargers game. As bad as the Chargers have been, they've been in every game this year. They, they They've been in games and able to just not close out games. Some of what we've seen of Bills teams past, but they either have a lead and can't finish, or they're coming down to the last play and they can't complete the last pass, or they miss the field goal. Whatever it they, might be, they've they've blown a lot of leads this year. They they've been in every single game. I feel like the Chargers are a better team than what the record shows, and I feel like that game is not going to be a cakewalk. But I I have faith in. Uh, McDermott and Frazier that they'll find a way to get after a good young quarterback. And, you know, maybe we see some Tyrod Taylor. Dude, I hope – I wish Anthony Lynn would just start Tyrod for that game. I just don't want a Tyrod Taylor revenge game and have him win, and and that's the last thing we need to be talking about after that game. All right, Charlie, last – give me your your one-sentence wrap-up about how you feel about the Bills at the bye week. I'm okay. <laughs> I think it's very impressive that they're seven and three, and you're only saying I'm okay. Like that's a good sign. Yeah, I'm again, man. Like I'm not, I'm not mad. Like I, 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 I was, I wasn't mad. I was disappointed, right? That that they, that they couldn't close out that game. But at the same time, man, the Bills are seven and three. I don't. The Bills are seven and three. Like I'm, I'm happy with that. With a fairly easy schedule coming up on the back half of of of, of their schedule, with the bye week coming up, 
with the chance to go and get their defense healthy, where now maybe we might actually see what this defense was supposed to be all year long. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is what the defense needed. Maybe they're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder because every single player that they talked to after the game said, we won't forget this game. This this one stings. This one hurts a lot worse than losing the playoff game fell. So, again, I think they're going to come hungry, and I think they're going to be a more aggressive team, and we're going to see a different Bills team in the second half, at least a different Bills defense in the second half of the season for them. And they may be scary. I, I'm hoping. I, I, I hope so that this defense is healthy, and we're talking about a lot more positives than negatives for the rest of the year. All right. That is going to wrap up our Bills coverage here. We're going to talk about reverse retro jerseys at the end. And by the way, we, I'm going to give an advanced plug. We have a special interview coming up later this week. You are not going to want to miss. It's going to be hysterical. Yeah, I'll do. Oh, I'm excited for this one. This one's going to be a lot of fun. That's all, that's all I'm going to say right now. I don't want to jinx it until it's booked. It's it's uh, well, it's it is booked. I don't want to jinx it until it's recorded. All right, um, Charlie, we're into hockey jerseys. All right, this is like peak off season hockey content here. Reverse retros. Some of them look sick. Some of them look like practice jerseys. I want to hear your favorites right now. Give me give me the three best ones that you would uh, you would enjoy or you want to wear. So obviously the Sabres one, right? Like the Sabres one. Is. All right, Sabres one doesn't count. Like, okay, so we're ta- are we taking we, that we out? Really? really? Oh, I, I was okay. assuming that that we both we both like that one. I I I wasn't going to include that in the draft. I have seen some people that don't like it, but I'm I'm a fan of it. Big fan. They're wrong. I wish the goat was on the on the on the crest on the. Yes, first, that's a great take. I totally agree with that. The uh, the butter knives. Yeah the the blue the blue and gold goat head should be in the front. Butter knife should be on the shoulders. Yeah, I tried to tell my dad that too earlier, and he told me that 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 was the ugliest Sabres logo ever. And I said, "No," I said, "You're forgetting about the Trump hairpiece Sabres logo." That was by But anyway, my my top three, obviously the Ducks. Love the Ducks jerseys. Um, Great. I really wish I really wish those would go more to the District Five jerseys from the movie. (laughs) That's really what I want to see. But I'm okay. I'm a huge huge fan of any Wild Wing themed jersey. Yeah, big fan of that one. Um, second, I really like the Minnesota Wild jerseys. I really like the uh, Minnesota North Stars colors with the Wild colors or with, with the mm-hmm. Wild logo. I thought that was a pretty cool concept to go. Um, and I really like uh, – now, obviously, the Avalanche didn't do anything with themselves. They just kind of brought another team in and took their jersey from where they moved from. But I really like the Avalanche uh, Nordiques jerseys. All right, the Nordiques one I thought was my number one far and away. Beautiful, beautiful jersey. I almost thought you were going to leave me that one to take first in the draft. Would have been a huge steal for me. That one was awesome. Um, what did you think about the Arizona? They went with the, the the coyote dog head in purple. I think it's cool. I've seen a lot of people hating on it. That's definitely top five. Definitely top I five. Love Maybe even top sure. four. That one's right up there. Uh, for me, right. I, I, I think, really like that. Yep, one. I think the Hurricanes going back to the Hartford Whalers in gray, very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do I have on my list here? Ducks, Coyotes. Honestly, the Blue Jackets. All right, 
the Blue Jackets went with the old the CBJ with the lime green hockey stick on a red jersey. I kind of like that one. I think it's sweet. And the Devils went with their Devils logo, but with a main green. When they the year they had that green in there, the green is is the main color of the jersey. I think that one pops. Yeah, you know, I I I thought there was better choices than than the Devils and the the Columbus one. But hey, man, to each their own. All right, I think there there are several jerseys that I'm just like. That looks exactly like a jersey you already wear. Like I would, I would have been shocked if you had told me Florida, Ottawa, Tampa. Like, well, you, you really like Nashville's just a yellow jersey with their logo. Like that looks like everything you've already worn. I think the St. Louis one is pretty sweet. It's the old school uh, diagonal stripes on a red. That's pretty cool. You don't forget Florida is also red jerseys now. So going back to the Navy, that's what they used to wear is the Navy jersey at home. So the Navy jersey is just that that's really all they changed is obviously the color. Yeah, I mean, I like yeah, the, that one that I one like looks Navy good at least, red. but it just like that looks like everything we've already seen from you. You know what though? I feel like the um I, I like the blue Canadians as well. I think it's a different look. Yeah, I um, like that one. It's sharp. The Islanders one I think is absolutely stupid. Oh it's and not, the Islanders and the Rangers. They just look that looks like oh, a true. regular jersey. But the Rangers don't have the Statue of Liberty on the front of their current jerseys. That I love the Statue of Liberty logo. No, I think yeah, the logo's cool. Just the jersey itself like looks like everything we've already seen. The Flyers and the Islanders, like that just looks like what, your regular what jersey. About, what about the Canucks? Um uh, let me bring that up here. I so the Canucks jersey is blue and green with the same logo as they currently have, I wish they would have went back to the old black and yellow and red logo on Ooh. with their new color. I think that would have looked sick. Uh, the, if they went to the V or the, or the, the hockey the, skate, the, the hockey stick, the hockey stick. All right, man. If they would have just went back to the, the, the super V jerseys, I would have might've had to make a purchase. Those ones are so ugly. They are awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, and I what, just, just got to say on the topic, Vegas, what what are you doing here? This looks putrid. Apparently, there was some. If you watch the Vegas video of the jersey coming out, they kind of explain it like it's going back to the roots of Vegas hockey. Which I mean, if like you don't minor know, league team, right? Which if you don't know it, you're really not going to give a damn. But I I don't care. I don't. Yeah, I think I mean, it's it is, I think it is hard. You you've been a franchise for like less than five years. You don't really have a retro to throw it back to, but. I don't know. It just ugh, it just doesn't do it for me at all. Like n- no connection with that. My honorable mention that I I have to bring up because I I love the logo and I just love the jersey is the Canucks. Or I'm sorry, is the uh, uh, Flames jersey? Yes, with the horse head, with the blasty logo. Yeah, it reminds me yes. of Jerome McGinley. It just yes. looks pretty cool. I will say, um, gotta give some credit here. <laughs> Uh, Boston with a yellow jersey, that pops like that mm-hmm. works for me. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it looks good. Um, I I'm not a fan of definitely a few in here. Um, I would Nick, like what, to what, shout what, out to to the Detroit Red Wings who couldn't be bothered to participate in this and went into the practice jersey bin and slapped the logo on the dang practice jersey. That's that looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the worst one out there, right? Like, uh, like yeah. The problem just is lame. The Canucks are lame. one of those teams that haven't changed their jerseys ever. 
So there's nothing to change to. The Canucks? You know what I mean? No, I'm sorry, the 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 Red Wings. Yeah. Nothing to change. I mean, to. it's it's literally it's just white and there's like one gray stripe, and that's it. Like looks like a practice jersey. I don't like know. Do, I don't like they can throw it way back to the I don't know. Like the, the 1920s something. Do do like a crazy sweater. I feel like the Pittsburgh one gets is getting a lot of flack right now, but I really like the Pittsburgh one. I yeah, like the, the words when I was when I was very little, I had the black jersey that was the words Pittsburgh down down diagonally. So I like it. It's it's um I don't know, you kind of want a cool logo on the front. Like I just when when the blue jackets first came into the league, I just liked that CBJ logo mm-hmm. for some reason. So like it's visually appealing more a lot more than Pittsburgh. Like the Capitals one, cool logo with good colors. That works. So enough with the positives. How about your 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 ugly ones? The ones that make that aren't sick, that make you sick looking at them. Outside of the the Red Wings one, because I think that's number yeah, one. Everybody. That one's lame. All right. So there's some that I think are just lame. Like the Islanders one is good colors, but like it, it just looks like your regular jersey, nothing, right? Nothing to it. Yeah. All right. I gotta say here. Dallas, not really sure what you're doing. You went back to, you know, the one with the star cut out on the bottom, and I get it, but it's like white on white. Like I don't really know. I don't know. That just that doesn't work for me. Uh, Winnipeg, going with the black, the, the just that it's like a dark gray. Yeah, it doesn't. That's like a high school jersey or something. I don't know. It's not. It just I doesn't love the pop logo. for me. Love the logo. Don't like that. They they tried to stick with their new colors. Yeah, and you know what? That's a good call. Nope. Um, Nashville, like, I would be shocked if you told me Nashville hadn't already worn those jerseys. Like, it just looks like what we – it's got the silver shoulders with the yellow jersey. Like, just looks like everything we've seen already. Yeah, I, I don't like that one either. It's definitely – it's not my least favorite, favorite, though. I mean, I think you look at your least favorite, Winnipeg is up there for me. Probably one of my least favorites. I understand. Yeah, I mean Vegas. Vegas doesn't do it for me. The Sharks on on that gray. I, it just looks like dirty white. I think that that one. I I I, I um. Do you like I'm the Kings? Not, yeah, I mean, who doesn't like the 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 purple and yellow jerseys for the Kings? Yeah, I like the Kings. Yeah, those um, are like Wayne Gretzky era throwbacks. But I think Winnipeg's, in my my opinion. Winnipeg aced the assignment for what is supposed for what the reverse re- retro is supposed to be, um, but I don't like them. Don't care how, how well they did. I don't care that they got an A. I'm grading them and giving <laughs> them an F. Yeah, because they're ugly. Um, also, I really don't like the Capitals. I know the Capitals are getting a lot of like, oh, those are nice looking. I don't like the Capitals. You don't like the logo or the color. I don't like the logo with that color scheme, I guess. Hmm. I kind of like it. reminds me of like Olaf Kolzig. I'll have to see him on like in game. Yeah. You know, to really make it, there's only so much you can tell by looking at the pictures, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not just not 100% sold on him. Um, and I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the St. Louis Blues red jerseys. Really? I, I don't know. I, I don't know why it's it's eh. Um, I mean, obviously the ones that we touched on too, Nick. Obviously the Islanders mm-hmm. one, which is really nothing different than what they currently wear. 
the lightning one, which is just a blue version yeah. of what they currently wear. Um, you know, Chicago's all those, Chicago is kind of lame. Chicago is very similar to the old winter classic ones. Um, I, I, Dude, I'm just not that blues not jersey reminds me of when Great Skate used to have like their tent sale and you'd be digging through the bin trying to find a jersey and they just had like 6,000 of those blues ones with that same same pattern. Yeah. I think I had one of those as a kid too for a team I played for. <laughs> but you know, I, I obviously again I think the Sabres are great. I really like I the Arizona one I'm really thinking about just like making a purchase because I think it's just a purple. Jersey. Yeah, that one's hot. Yeah. Throw throw a throw a Paul Bissonette number twelve on the back and <laughs> wear it around town. Uh but outside of that, man, I, I mean Buffalo did a great job. So round yeah. of applause to the Pagulas for doing something right with the jerseys back to back times this year. You know, everyone thought everyone I I, I believe thought they were going to mess up going back to Royal, and, and they did a very good job on those. And I think a lot of people kind of doubted what they were going to do with these re- reverse retros, but they did a very good job uh, on those as well. So um, I'm excited to see them on the ice. I'm excited to see what they're going to look like um, this year. The numbers, yeah, by, yeah. by the way, one thing that gets overlooked on every one of these jerseys is the numbers and the font. The numbers and the font on the Sabres jersey – sizzling hot really i did yes. notice as much as i love the ducks wild wing jerseys the f- the name font on the back looks overly cartoonish and kind of hurts it for me it's comic sans i believe is what it, what they call uh, it in the, uh, I, listen i i i would have known if it was comic sans i think it's something <laughs> i don't i don't know exactly but uh that like j- just have a normal nameplate on it like you don't have right. to go totally weird but uh, the, the the Sabres names numbers, very very beautiful. Very big fan, big fan. So good job, good job, Pagulas. Good job, Sabres. Um, really happy with all of that. So, all right, that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you for listening all the way through. If you have a question for us, hit us up on Twitter at the underscore process pod. We'll answer that on the next episode for you. Um, I'm at Nick Veronica. Charlie's at Cha Wit. 68. That's all we got. Guys, thanks for listening as always. And remember to always trust the process. Keep an eye out for our special podcast coming out this week. Like Nick said, you're you're going to want to like it. Bring your appetite. Especially if you're a fantasy football fan, you're going to want to (laughs) listen.